Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to Own the Microphone, the podcast that brings you world-class professional speakers and their most coveted secrets for how to be confident and poised on the microphone. Today, I am joined by Simone Morris, who is going to let you know how to show up and deliver a message people love. Simone is a speaker an author, and a career coach. She founded Simone Morris Enterprises in 2015 and has been on a mission to provide solutions to improve human growth. Her company focuses on advancing careers and developing inclusive cultures. Simone's background includes over two decades in corporate America, spanning information technology, commercial strategy, and human resources. Her expertise has been shared in Forbes, Glassdoor, Medium, and many, many more. Simone, I am over the moon to be on with you. Hey, how you doing? I'm wonderful. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thank you for taking the time and for having this willingness to share your expertise because our listeners are so ready for what you have. Now, you've been a professional speaker for how long? And, and was that, was that what you said you wanted to do as a little girl? Oh my goodness. I wanted to be a teacher as a little girl. And, uh, I took the long turn to be a teacher and ended up where I am today, where I do teach as a part of my business. But a professional speaker was not even on my radar. I used to just bumble and stumble over my words, Bridget, and found myself in Toastmasters many, many moons ago and spent about 10 years in the Toastmasters space, and I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the community of Toastmasters, and so I found myself going very far on the leadership uh, circuit for Toastmasters, but that's where I would say that I got the opportunity to fine-tune my speaking skills because I think that they really do establish you in terms of building your confidence and telling you different things to work on. So that's where I got the inkling that I might want to do I might want to become a professional speaker. And so as I finished up my Toastmasters run, I was starting to get antsy and wanting to do more. And I was starting to tip my foot out there and doing some speaking engagements that were paid. And, and I thought, you know what? I want to do more of that. So that's, that was the start of my speaking career. Do you think that Toastmasters is a fantastic starting place? Let's say you are nervous, you would rather get a root canal than do a presentation. (laughs) Is Toastmasters a good starting place? Yes, it is. And I tell my clients and I tell people who express to me their difficulty of speaking up, even when I'm writing articles about how to speak up when you're an introvert, I'll include Toastmasters in there because I think they give you the basic, they give you the foundation that you need, whether it's gestures, eye contact, vocal variety, etc. You are building those skills up that you can use for the long term. 
Okay. And it's, it's a, a group of peers and everybody is right there with you and cheering you on. Now, when you get in front of a crowd, it can be anything but a friendly crowd. It's not, it's not your mom. It's not a bunch of cousins and friends out there in the crowd. How do you get past the fear of standing in front of a crowd and giving a presentation, whether it's 10 people or 510 people? How do you get past that fear? I think you have to be your biggest hype person. So you have to hype yourself up, even hearing music in your head, like you're you're the ish. And, uh, you know, you hype yourself up. You coach yourself. I'm a coach, so I coach myself. I give myself a pep talk. You can do this. Get out there. Do what you need to do. And I think even before you do that, Bridget, you could do some pre-work before you hit the stage or before you hit the pre-stage. So you could do some work at home, record your speech and listen to how you sound, look in the mirror, while you're speaking, even if you just want to fine-tune your opening, you can look in the mirror and practice that and see how you're showing up. And I always say that when you hit the stage after that wonderful pep talk, look for the friendly faces in the audience who are giving you those smiles of encouragement. And I remember doing that when I went to uh, Charleston last year, and I did a speech uh, for Disrupting HR and there was some networking beforehand, and I met this lovely woman, and, and I told her I would be looking for her when I was speaking because there was about 200 people in the audience, and I was far from home, and I was about to ruffle some feathers talking about uh, HR and uh, inclusion. And so I connected with her, sort of very quickly built a relationship as quick as you can, uh, in that in that time, but she was the friendly face that I sought out, as well as others in the audience. You uh, just hit so many nails on the head with that response, because when you started talking about the song, like hyping yourself up and having this song in your head, Simone, one of my favorite things to do, and I do this all of the time, one of my favorite things to do is to have just the beat of a song in my head, even if it's not my favorite song. It could have been the song that was on in the car the last time I heard it on the radio. It was the last song I heard as I was getting out of the car, and I am walking through the parking lot to the beat of that song. And you can't tell me. There you go. You can't tell me a thing. I'm with you. Yes. You know, and, and, and I'm telling you listeners out there, when you're getting ready to make a presentation, if you can put that song in your head that makes you feel like a million bucks, I'll tell you a song. And you're going to laugh some more when I tell you what song it is. It's that song with Alicia Keys and Jay-Z. Oh, Empire State of Mind. You know where I got that reference from. There's nobody on this planet who can not hear that song or who can hear that song and not feel like they are just on top of the world. So if you need a starting place, start with that one. And just the portion where Alicia sings, you just, that's all, that's the only part you need. And just walk to that in your head. You know, I would sing it for you right now. You don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Alicia, I'm hearing this girl is on fire because that's another good one that really amps you up. Yes, yes. Find that song that just makes you feel unstoppable. And when you feel unstoppable, you look unstoppable. Now, something else you said, Simone, was to finally find a friendly face in the audience. 
And this is where, if you have that opportunity before a presentation to talk to people, it, it just gives you a leg up because you were doing networking before your presentation and you were able to find a friendly face. So you were able to have a mole, if you will, which I'm sure she wasn't a mole because you're a dynamite speaker. You don't need moles. But you're able to connect with people and find those friendly faces beforehand. But yes, if you can find one or two in each section of the audience and you look at those people, there's one person over there to the right and there's one over to the left and maybe one toward the back. And you spend a few seconds looking or a few minutes looking at each of those friendly faces, you're golden. But Simone, you and I both know you will have situations where you don't have friendly faces in the audience. What do you do when you are giving it your all? You've got the song in your head. You've got a friendly face or two in the audience that you can look to and get confidence. But what do you do when you see a look of disdain or dislike on somebody's face? I mean, that can be deflating. What do you do? Yeah, I think not everybody is going to be for you and that really knowing that upfront is key. Not everybody is going to welcome your message. And by the way, you're not aware of what baggage that person brought into the audience. So sometimes we think it's about us and it's not really about us because people have gotten up and walked out and you, you, you're, you're doing your thing and you're like, what did I say? Where are they going? And it may have nothing to do with you. So I would say, Bridget, to go back to doing what you're doing, you know, do what you were paid to do, show up and deliver excellence, and also look for your friendly faces again so that they continue to fuel you up so that you can get through your presentation and not focus on the negative. I think when you focus on the people with the frown or just, you know, people trying to take you off your game by hitting you with one of those questions that they already know the answer to, you just, you just can't give in to that. And so I think the best thing to do is to deliver excellence, to tap into the community that you built up. Just even through your presentation, you'll get people nodding their heads. So you'll continue to build up that community. So maybe you started out with two friends in the audience. But as you're presenting, you're starting to see people nod their head or smile and you say, oh, I have another one and another one and another one. So then you start to look around and look to those friendly faces who are encouraging you and happy to be in the room. And don't get hung up on someone who leaves. They may have an emergency. They may have gotten a phone call or a text message or an email message where they needed to go out and address it. Maybe they had something that was already on their calendar where they were only able to catch the first 15 minutes of your presentation and they really wanted to hear it, but they also knew they needed to go jump on a call or they had some other engagement and they didn't tell you beforehand. Sometimes people will tell you. Sometimes audience members will tell you, listen, I, I just want to let you know I am going to have to leave a little early, and it's no disrespect to you. Some will come and tell you that. Others won't, and, right. and neither one is right or wrong. It's, you know, personal preferences. But definitely do not take it personally if someone gets up and, leave, and leaves. But I have this funny story. Well, maybe it's not that funny, but I thought it was funny. This funny story, one time I was making a presentation in – I think it was Kentucky, and there was this man in the audience, Simone, and he had this look on his face where it, it, if looks could kill, we'll just go there. He just looked just 
so annoyed and disgusted as I was presenting, and I really tried to make sure I averted his gaze. And come to find out that's just that was just his countenance. That's that's just how he looked. Like he was not upset. He was not disappointed with my presentation. He actually became one of my biggest cheerleaders, funny enough. But I was thinking the entire presentation that he was absolutely disappointed and annoyed with everything coming out of my mouth. And I, it couldn't have been further from the truth. So, hey, those looks, no mind. Build that community with those friendly faces. Simone, what about public speaking drew you in? Because it's scary. I mean, people fear public speaking like snakes, like death. What in the world made you say, I'm doing this? I think feedback from the audience. I think whatever you do, when you get feedback that re-encourage, um, that emphasizes that you're on the right track, then that's what you want to do. So for me, in Toastmasters, when I was starting to speak up, I was growing as a professional speaker, even without the title. And I was having people come up to me afterwards and saying encouraging things like, wow, that inspired me. And they just continued to pour into me. And then I was getting emails. And then I took it up to the uh, division level and to the district level. And I was still getting that really good feedback. And I enjoyed how I felt when I was on stage. And I enjoyed connecting with the audience and sharing something that changed lives. And so I began to do that a bit more and a bit more. And so, by the way, I tiptoed out there because I started out doing things like a moderator or a panelist and then branching off to being on my own. So I think just the feedback and how I felt, I base a lot of things on energy. And the energy that I felt when I got off the stage in Las Vegas a number of years ago, I just was like, all right, I I actually decided that I was going to change my business model to speak to women because of the energy in the room. I had been hiding from it and just speaking broad, um, more broadly, but the energy in the room and the women just connected and speaking of community, it was just on fire in the room. And I left just as filled as I think the audience was filled. And I thought I need to keep, I I need more of this, more and more of this. Simone, you, you hit on so much with that. And one thing that I want listeners to take away from what you just said was if you speak to an audience and it, it, it just, it's not feeling right, you're, it's, you're not vibing, and you leave the presentation and you don't feel like you, you gave them anything or, or you didn't feel like you gained anything, that means you've got to find another audience. Yeah. You have to find the right, right audience and the right vibe and the right energy because I, too, feel the same way. There have been some presentations where I'm like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, not bad. I can do it again. But there have been others where you leave and you're like, oh, yeah, nailed it, right? And 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 the conversations afterwards. So if you make a presentation and it's just, eh, that's okay. 
because you entered into it knowing you were you gave it your best, but it's just you and the audience just weren't connecting in some kind of way. So keep looking for your audience and keep looking for your message. Sometimes it may be the message, right? So that's one takeaway. Here's another one. I love what you said where you, you kind of scaffold yourself. And listeners, that's what I want you to do. I want you to scaffold yourself. So maybe just taking out, stepping out and owning the microphone and being that sole presenter on the stage is not you. But how about trying to be a moderator of a session? I remember signing up to moderate sessions where at a conference you just go in and you introduce the speaker and you take care of uh, making sure the speaker has what he or she needs, but just being able to be on that microphone for two or three minutes to introduce the speaker and then to close out the session. That's one stepping stone. And then moving up to maybe being a panelist where there are two or three or four other experts right there with you. So you're not the lone ranger on the stage, but you do get an opportunity to own a microphone for a few minutes of that 60 minute panel and then stepping out there and being a solo presenter. Or maybe your next step is you go from being a moderator of a presentation to being a panelist at us on a session to being a co-presenter with someone, then becoming a solo presenter. But don't feel like you listen to this podcast and then, okay, I've got some tools. Let me go out there and give a 60 minute keynote all by myself. Whoa, no, you can take baby steps to get where you want to be. And all of these are fantastic speaking opportunities. Would you agree? I do. I do. I was even thinking breakout sessions. I mean, there's many ways that you can do it. And I think the beauty of an organization like Toastmasters is that it uh, allows you to build that solo skill because you're presenting by yourself. And I would say to challenge yourself to take it up to the district level because the numbers become more than what's in your home club, which may be 20 people. So you may have hundreds of people in the audience and you can definitely practice being up in front by yourself. Now, Simone, you talked to us about that fantastic experience you had in Vegas some years back and how you walked off of that stage. You were beaming. You were on fire. Talk about this girl is on fire. It sounds like that girl was on fire in Vegas. How do you ensure that you get your audience to that point where they're also on fire, where your message is resonating with them and they're walking away saying, oh, yeah, that was a good one. I totally scored. How do you make sure your presentation is sinking in for your audience? Yeah, I, I do my research up front. I look at wherever I'm speaking, look at who the audience is, and then I prepare. So I tweak my content accordingly, depending on who I'm speaking to. Let's say I'm speaking to speakers, or let's say I'm speaking to entrepreneurs, small business owners, or let's say I'm speaking to moms. I have to modify my content to speak to that audience. And what I love about that approach is I get to get vulnerable and share my story and why the message is important to me. And I think that if I model the way for the audience, if I model being vulnerable and sharing my story and tell them that it's okay, 
then they come along with me on the journey. I love to do rules of engagement or, uh, you know, let's talk about the success. What does success look like for you at the end of this presentation? For me, you're going to have a fun experience. You're going to be a highly engaged audience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I design what I think success looks like, and I invite the audience to chime in with what they think success looks like. And then I ask them, well, can we all agree uh, on these rules or suggestions for success? And off we go. I am madly in love with that technique. I saw it for the first time at a conference in Denver back in either 2011 or 2012 in a breakout session I attended. I saw the the presenter do it, and I said, ooh, I like that, and I'm stealing it, too. (laughs) (laughs) And listeners, that's what great speakers do. You watch other people, and you steal ideas, but the best ideas are the ones that you use, you take and add to your own toolkit. And that's what the best learners and teachers do, is they find resources that that just work. And they also use them for themselves. But I love asking the audience, what is success going to look like for you? By the time we're done, what do you want to know or to be able to do? What what will make this time well spent for you? And let me tell you, when you start presentations like that, ooh, everybody is instantly in love with you because they are recognizing right off the bat that this presentation is about the audience and not about the presenter. And it takes so much weight off of your your shoulders as a presenter when you make it about the audience, when you ask the audience, what do you need? What did you come to get? What do you want to walk away with? When you do that and draw them into the conversation, it just takes some of the pressure off, and it gives you a roadmap. Yeah, you have your slide deck, and yeah, you have your notes. But if they're telling you they want to know about A, B, and C, well, guess what? You give them A, B, and C, and don't think they won't fall madly in love with you. They will. They will if you deliver. Okay. Simone, 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 I could talk all day, as you know, about... (laughs) presentation skills and do's, don'ts, and best practices, but I won't do that. I know the audience would absolutely love to spend more time with you outside of this show. How can listeners get in touch with you beyond this episode? Yes, I tell people to connect with me on LinkedIn at Simone Morris, or they can go to my website, simonemorrisenterprises.org. Most excellent, most excellent. And I know you also provide a free career breakthrough call. So listeners, if you're interested in that, please, please, please visit Simone's website, simonemorris.com. Is that the correct one for you? Yeah, for the free breakthrough call, I would recommend that you go to careerbreakthroughcall.com. It's easy to remember, careerbreakthroughcall.com, and you can set up a complimentary 30-minute call with me. Perfect, 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 because Simone, in addition to being a speaker and an author, is a career coach, and she, oh my goodness, she's so on fire in that area. As a matter of fact, Simone has her own podcast, The Power of Owning Your Career. I know, that's, uh, Bridget, you're advertising somebody else's podcast on your podcast? Yes, that's what we do here. That's what we do it on the microphone. So check out Simone Morris uh, on iTunes or anywhere you love to get your 
podcast content, you will not be disappointed. Listen, Simone, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. This was super awesome. Really appreciate having you on the show today. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you to the listeners for joining us for this episode of Own the Microphone. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like this show, then make sure you tell a friend. Until next time, make sure you always show up, show out, and own the microphone.